1971, America began sacrificing babies to Baal. What? The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from The Other Side of Midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary... Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Welcome, welcome to the other side of the news. Our guest tonight is the amazing Clay Clark. And our show is called Countdown from the 70s. We're doing things differently tonight as both Timothy and Annetta are traveling. And our honored guest had a limited time when he could meet with us. As a result, I managed to stitch together the elements. So the show is a quilt record. And I hope you will enjoy it. Annetta. I think you ought to share with our audience what you're up to this month. Oh, yes. Well, I get involved talking about something and I forget something else, right? So I have been working like crazy, you guys, because I have been putting together this truth tour. And we are uh, going out and starting this truth tour. It's 22 cities in 31 days. And... We have speakers, and there's different speakers in each location, and um, each location is different, but we're doing these rather small, more intimate settings so people can get to know the speakers and talk to them. We're having a question and answer session after each one of them speaks. What we're doing is bringing forth all different kinds of truth. I mean, really wide variety of topics and speakers, really wide. We have some speakers that are well-known and then speakers that you might not know at all to bring forth people that maybe haven't had a chance to have a very important messages, interesting information, and they may not have a big platform, but they've got a lot of truths to tell. A few of the people that I can think of right off the top that we've had on our show actually are, uh, we've had Brad Olson. He's fascinating author about alternative history. We've got Brian Isley, who's doing all kinds of things with grassroots movements. Charlie Zeese, who has the uh, Russian pyramid healing energy work. Christopher Key, he was honest with vaccine police. 
with Paul Preston, he actually is working on the new California state, and he's showing all states how to go back to their original constitutions and what we need to do that. Basically, throw the governments out that are doing their illegal corpocracy on us. Let's see, we have Dr. Judy Mikovits. She was our guest last week, and she's um, on the tour, or she's on several stops. We've got a couple of people that are running for governor. We have some Congress people from various states. We have uh, Charlie Freak. We have a gentleman, Jack Lander, who's coming. He's just absolutely brilliant. I, I listen to him every opportunity. And he talks about not only the real history of what was going on in our country and stitching it all together, but really explain the Constitution and the um, Articles of Confederation that are uh, in pertuitum. So that's really interesting. All kinds of different people that are coming together to do this. They're speaking, giving out information, and then we're showing people how to implement that information and use it to make change and particularly to join together and create change on a local level that turns into a state level that turns into a national level. And a lot of people, you know, like, what do I do? What do I do? Well, you know, these are great ways to figure out ways to use your time and efforts and get a lot of results and really learn some things. So that's truthtour.net. And if you do come, and I hope you do, come up, introduce yourself. I'll be there. And Wearing your uh, tinfoil hat. Um, yes, that's right. I made a special hat for the occasion. I seriously did. So, uh, <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I did. Really, I put special spray paint and then covered it with foil. I mean, that's like a masterpiece. I'm not kidding. You got to see it. So I actually have a special dance that I might do, too, if you ask me, because I've got the monkeypox dance that I. <laughs> so uh, I might do that for you with the hat. It's just awesome. I'd love to meet any of you that come. You know, we're doing this very affordably. Uh, we're doing it in places that sometimes don't get much interest as far as, you know, we're trying to get into areas where maybe they've been ignored. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so look us up on Truth Tour. That's Truth and then the tour, T-O-U-R dot net. And look us up and see if you can come uh, see us. We'd love to see you. Super, super. And with that, I think it's a great time to go to the break. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. Our show tonight is Countdown from the 70s, and our wonderful guest is Clay Clark. My background education is in uh, evidence-based medicine and research methods out of the University of Toronto graduate school there, then I went on to Oxford in evidence-based medicine, and then on to McMaster for my doctorate and postdoc in evidence-based medicine. I also did some certificate program at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore in biological warfare, weaponization of pathogen in 2001. Basically how you would take viruses, bacteria, etc. Any type of pathogen in and weaponize them, put them on a missile, to use them for nefarious means. And I wanted to learn, as an epidemiologist, in case my city or my country, just to understand how it works and if that can be done. I was working at what WHO 
Pan American Health mid-2019. And then we started to get these cases out of Italy in January, February. These, these images on the television of people dropping dead. I'm speaking to you honestly, as a scientist, but openly. Those images out of China were fake. That was part of this game to scare the world. At that time, WHO asked me to change my position and to become a pandemic advisor to them because they were the global agency and they didn't know what was going on. Because of my training in evidence-based medicine and research methods and clinical epidemiology, they wanted me to help them understand what was coming out of China and Italy. So I actually was connected to WHO and PAHO in the beginning of the COVID outbreak. And a lot of their messaging was from me. People like me, behind the scenes, we took a lot of beating from the press and hammering because we were calling for a balanced age risk stratified approach. Damage had already been done by Fauci and Burks. It was Fauci and Burks' lockdowns that harmed America, killed people. Many people died in America because of their lockdowns. It was Fauci refusal to admit and to recognize the potency of early outpatient treatment. But the groups I work with now, like Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Peter McCullough, etc., we champion early treatment and we have, you know, the treatment plans and stuff where you treat the infected high-risk person early, prevents hospitalization and death. Fauci and they damaged us in that regard. They will refuse to recognize the antivirals. We have estimates now of the 750,000 Americans, quote-unquote, who may have died from COVID. About 700,000 will be alive today, 90%. Oh and that's our math when we look at the data. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans died because of the NIH and the CDC refusal to allow doctors to prescribe early outpatient treatment. I have many, I know many doctors, many of them across America, right now fighting their state boards and stuff for their licenses. Their licenses have been stopped or pulled. The treatment was being fired because they prescribed early treatment that was helping their patients. I'm Dr. Paul Alexander, and uh, I have really thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity to be on the other side of the news because it has shown me to be one of the forums that, probably one of the only forums that allows one to be fully expressive and to, uh, and to share how they really feel about the events um, in the hopes of sharing with a larger audience and in exchange of ideas so that people can become much more informed and understand the situation around them for their own decision-making. So I am very thankful of this opportunity for the other side of the news. Welcome back to the other side of the news. Our show tonight is called Countdown from the 70s. Co-hosting are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. Our guest tonight is Clay Clark. Clay is the founder of Thrive15.com, a company offering online education for entrepreneurs in 15-minute videos taught by world-class mentors. I've come to think of him as the Bill Graham of Patriots. 
Clay Clark's love of America and desire to ensure a wonderful future for his family has inspired him to organize the Reawaken America Tour to break the spell of censorship and to speak the truth about the hidden agenda to undermine our freedoms and way of life. The Reawaken America Tour brings powerful speakers such as Robert F. Kennedy Jr., General Flynn, Eric Trump, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, and Judy Mikovits. Welcome to the other side of the news, Clay. So great to have you with us. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for carving out time to allow me to be here with you. So, Clay, the other day I heard a really interesting talk that you did about 1971, and I was not aware of all the events that had occurred in 71 and how they all tie together with what is going on currently. So could you go into that a little bit and explain that? Yeah, well, let's do this. Uh, Everybody grab a pen and a pad and prepare to enter enter into the lab and the dojo of mojo, uh, the stuff that I did not want to know, but I now know. All right, so I'm just going to share with you. When I'm at the Reawaken America tour, I mean, when you have Eric Trump and General Flynn and Dr. Zelenko and Tenpenny and all these, you know, Simone Gold, all these experts on one stage, you've got really two options. You know, do you pay attention uh, or do you go look for a soft pretzel? I choose to pay attention and take notes, right? So this is some stuff I've discovered this year. It's pretty wild. Uh, One, in 1971, America got off the gold standard per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger. So in 1971, America got off the gold standard per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger. Two, in 1971, the World Economic Forum was founded. What? In 1971, the World Economic Forum was founded per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger and founded by Klaus Schwab. In 1971, America began sacrificing babies to bail. What? Yeah, abortions became legal in 1971 in America. In 1971, the Dark Side comic series was created, which prophesied COVID-19. Look it up, folks. Dark Side, D-A-R-K-S-E-I-D, the Dark Side Marvel comic character. And in 1971, the book Rules for Radicals was written. You know, Saul Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals, it was written in 1971. So in 1971, the Epcot Center was founded, kind of the prototype community of tomorrow. So all of these things happened. And it was a 50-year plan that was launched, and it's called COVID-19, the Great Reset. And COVID-19 stands for Certificate of Vaccination IDAI, Certificate of Vaccination IDAI. And all this stuff happened in 1971. That's fascinating. When I heard that, I knew some of that, but I didn't see how it all um, was working with the 50-year plan. And yeah, yeah, (laughs) now I do. I, I, I apparently was mathematically challenged. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk about this whole thing. The one thing I didn't know about, because I'm not a big cartoon fan, was the dark side character. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So can you go a little bit into that? Because that one's really fascinating. Yeah. Well, okay, so dark side um, is a Marvel character. And I, I don't do I don't like Marvel comics either. You know, I'm not a big I don't I don't know. I just. Don't feel the need to watch. I don't have a problem if you're out there listening and you do. I, I I think that a lot of times they put their their perverse messaging in the in their in their comics and in their movies. Though, by the way, I will say that. So Jack Kirby wrote this uh, comic book character, created this character called Dark Side uh, in 1971. And in Dark Side, it was a character that depicted a tyrannical lord by the name of Apocalypse, whose ultimate goal was to enslave humanity by eliminating hope. And free will, you know, connecting everybody into a hive mind by putting RNA-modifying nanotechnology inside everybody's body. 
Well, right before the pandemic happened, right before the lockdowns happened, right before the pandemic was declared, Elon Musk's girlfriend, who's a big transhumanist, loves transhumanism, she released a song called Dark Side, spelled the same way, featuring an artist by the name of Pan. Pan, you know, like pandemic. And the song is recorded entirely in Chinese. And when you translate it to English, it's all about eliminating free will by putting RNA-modifying nanotechnology inside humans. And uh, this is a little bit crazy. All this is crazy. Uh, Dark Side was all about the character. He's trying to enter in, usher in this thing called the fourth world. Um, if you've read the book of Daniel, they call that the fourth kingdom. If you've ever listened to Klaus Schwab talk, he calls it the fourth industrial revolution. And the Nazis, uh, you know, Kim Clement, the prophet, referred to this. He talked about how the Nazis were trying to usher in the Fourth Reich. So all of this is a long-term plan. And I'm not trying to attack anybody who is learning all this for the first time. But the year 2022 was their plan, was their implementation date, their planning date. And COVID-19 was designed to usher in all the systems that they needed to have in place so that they could then declare the final pandemic and usher in a one-world government. Okay, yeah. I think most of our listeners are fairly familiar with that concept there, that they were that this was a plan and, and ushering in, unless they're maybe new with us. But uh, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty clear. Actually, I heard from a number of people about Marvel Comics that they're actually, as, as dark as they are, and they are pretty dark, they're, they're disclosures. They're more like documentaries. Um, they're kind of disgusting, but that's that's what I've heard from more than a few. So well, take I mean, it or leave it. <laughs> the, the newest Marvel movie features this character, right, by the name of America. Mm -hmm. Remember this, the new the new Marvel movie that just came out, and it features America, and she is, has a uh, two moms, you know, and she's mm -hmm. being attacked by by uh, uh you know uh, these these demonic uh, beings, and so you know people are watching a movie called Doctor Strange Love. And I, I don't, I don't watch these things, right? But people are coming to me going, the character is being attacked by satanic beings, and she has her name's America, and she has two moms, or what, you know. And it just Marvel really does uh, hide a lot of messaging in their movies. Yeah, well, I mean, if if you're looking at it from that perspective of of getting information, seeing what they're trying to communicate, or that it is a disclosure. I mean, that, that's one way to look at it, I guess. I, I don't actually watch the Marvel movies. I just heard that a lot. They, they've never appealed to me, so I'm not the person to ask. But the other one I wanted to talk about briefly is the uh, Epcot Center and Disney. I, I actually went to Disney way back then, and uh, I went to Epcot. And um, where, what do you see how that works into the, the big 50-year plan here? Well, uh, Epcot, and uh, um, this is, uh, I'm just going to look this up because I never want to misquote anything real quick here, but Epcot um, is a uh, facility that calls, it stands for the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. And when you look at the big, you know, the big golf ball, the big globe, right? Mm -hmm. And look at the shapes that make that, it's pretty wild. Um, then when you start to discover like the 33 Club, you know, in Disney World, Club 33, uh -huh. and you start to look at that, and you start to um, see that Disney is now ushered. I mean, we have a world of people, a, a generation of kids that don't know Bible stories, but they know Disney stories. Think about that. A whole generation of kids that don't know Bible stories, but they know Disney stories, right? And it says in the Bible you're supposed to raise your kids up in the ways of the Lord so when they grow older they won't depart from them, right? 
But a lot of uh, children today don't know the Bible, you know, and so it's 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 pretty disturbing right now. We have a generation, um, you know, that, that don't uh, know the Lord. They know Disney characters, many of which are uh, implementing now pushing this this LGBTQ plus narrative. Right. So. And, and there's, I mean, on the more nefarious side, there's uh, been a lot of arrests that we know of that for, you know, pedophilia right. um, and sexual crimes against children with Disney. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Do you want to go any further with that? With well, what? I'll just say this. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. So when he is old, he will not depart from them. So let's just talk about this. Remember when Britney Spears hit the scene? Remember that mm -hmm. Britney Spears, um, she came out with her first album, and that would be, um, you know, you know, her, her, it was the Hit Me uh, Baby One More Time. Right. Well, first off, think of the name of the song. That's, that's kind of sick, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just think about the song, right? And the song came out in 1999, and Britney Spears was made to look like she was some young schoolgirl in the video. Remember that? Mm -hmm, uh, yeah. and, and Britney Spears, you know, she was born, um, a lot of people don't know this, but she's born in 1981. So she was just on the verge of quote unquote legal. And they were trying to put all this in people's minds, right? Trying to blur the line between what's acceptable and wasn't, wasn't what, what wasn't. And they sexualized her. And you think about Miley Cyrus, right? America saw her grow up and then she became sexualized. And you saw Christina Aguilera. I mean, just, I mean, I don't even want to get into the details of what she just did during a recent performance, but that's what they were trying to do was to uh, create this over-sexualized um, generation. And they, and, and, and they did it and they did it uh, well. Uh, and uh, it, they've, they've turned it where the sexualization of these uh, Disney uh, personalities is, is it became, it came, became normalized, Right. So it became normalized, um, and now it's it's in the air everywhere. And now you're seeing girls that are much younger than Britney Spears was at the time. You know, Britney was 18, 19 at the time. Now you're seeing girls that are, what, 12, 10, 11, 10, 9, um, and, and who are dressing the same way, doing the same uh, sexualized dance moves, uh, who are all coming from that Disney ilk, right, the Disney Kids Club. And you start to see what happens to these Disney's kids, kids club members when they become adults, and it's it's a uh, it's bad. So for those of our listeners that aren't aware, can you go a little bit into the Thirty Three Club and who's who's a member and that kind of thing? Well, there, I don't know um, a whole lot because when my my research, I kind of follow it into what I believe to be um, need to know as it relates to what I'm doing right now. You know, so I, I'm I'm with Eric Trump and Cash Patel and General Flynn and. You know, so I, I, I get into election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud. I don't really go super deep into uh, the Masonic world because that's just not something that I, you know, um, my research hasn't gone there as much. But uh, it was interesting because um, the 33 Club, you know, I, I had a guy uh, on my show years ago who used to be a manager of Walt Disney World Resorts. And I didn't know anything about the Masons at the time. I just was a, a business guy. And this guy used to manage Walt Disney World Resort, you know. And a lot of listeners, when the, when I did the first Reopen America tour, they reached out to me. And they're like, how come you would have somebody on your show who's connected to Disney? And I'm going, uh, how's that? And I, I didn't know all this stuff. 
And I, and I didn't know, you know. And so I began researching, and I discovered that Disney has this thing called the 33 Club or Club 33 at Disney World. That is a exclusive club. It's, it's ridiculously expensive to go to, to buy a membership to. And there's just a lot of uh, mystery around it. And in the Masonic world, the highest level that one can ascend to is that 33rd degree. And in the Mason world, in order to ascend to a higher level of whatever leadership or knowledge, you have to do unspeakable acts and terrible things. And uh, so the 33-degree Masons are supposed to be people who are willing to do anything for that power. And so it, it, when you have a club called Club 33, it, it, it is uh, disturbing at best. Yes, that's for sure. Okay, so how about we talk a little bit about the rules for radicals? So the people that don't know what that book entails, they get yeah. an idea how that connects. And, and I'm not attacking your listeners, so on behalf of all the women out there listening, please don't feel like I'm attacking you, okay? Um, but a friend of mine, her name is Debbie G., and Debbie G has a, a show she does. She's the one who broke the story with Dr. Richard Bartlett, you know, where he was saying that he could treat COVID-19 patients with budesonide. Perhaps people haven't seen that show, but her name was Debbie um, G. And she did a, a show um, with Dr. Richard Bartlett. And she did a great job, by the way, with that. And um, in, anyway, so she began to – She I met with her. Um, through this whole process of, of COVID-19 and um, exposing election fraud and medical fraud. And, and one of the things that she was telling me is that a lot of uh, women, and this isn't exclusively women, but a lot of women are more susceptible, and this is a woman telling me this, that women are more susceptible to emotional arguments. You know, so if they think they're doing something that's for the betterment of humanity, that argument works more so on women than men, okay? And- mm -hmm. Um, so what's happening is Rules for Radicals is a book that's taught how to essentially make emotional arguments when there is no uh, moral high ground to be had, when there's no biblical argument, no logical argument for something. How can you make an emotional argument to get things passed, to get things done? And so the book Rules for Radicals is the book being used right now to implement the Great Reset. And the guy who wrote the book, Saul Alinsky, is a uh, Satan worshiper. That's what he does, Satan worshiper. So he had rules like um, never go outside the expertise of your people. Okay, that doesn't seem super scary. But then he talks about like never waste a good emergency or make your enemy live up to its own book of rules. Uh, whenever possible, uh, go outside the expertise of your enemy. Uh, he talks about a good tactic is one your people enjoy. And he has these little quotes he has, but when you get into like what they mean, it's really uh, allowed to, uh, it's, 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 the, it's the arguments being used to advance abortion, to make abortion happen, right? To make abortion legal. It's the arguments being used to uh, uh, get rid of ballots where you mail in person, right? You know, you mail in per they're saying a mail in ballot is some, if you, unless you have mail in ballots, you're somehow a racist. Remember that argument that if you had to bring your ID to vote, that was racist? Yeah, that doesn't that make any sense. Yeah. Like protecting uh, a woman's rights allows you to kill a child. Th these are these sorts of weird or like somehow that if I'm if I'm not wearing a mask, somehow I'm putting you at risk if you are wearing a mask to protect yourself from COVID-19, a virus that's less deadly than the flu. Remember that argument that you're like, if I'm not wearing a mask, somehow I'm putting you at risk if you're wearing a mask I mean, or, or, you know, uh, that I need to stand six feet apart from you. And somehow if I don't stand six feet apart of you, that somehow I'm putting you at risk. Um, the argument I'm putting profits over people. 
these sorts of arguments are uh, all over the rules for radicals book, which is being used everywhere. I need to shift gears because I am going to pass this off to Timothy in a little bit here because I know parts of what you've already talked about. He'll definitely want to dig into this. Those are his favorite topics. But um, I wanted to bring up the idea of this ministry of truth and the Nina Jankowitz oh, made a big thing. And then they, they, they are slyly trying to put in this Michael Chertoff in and he's a bad dude. Oh, boy. Nobody seems to know what's going on there. Oh. And it's, it's bad. So, Let's just say this. I have some facts for your listeners I've got. I think your listeners love facts. I've got eight facts for your listeners, okay? So Nina Jankowitz, remember her? She was kind of that perverse Mary Poppins singing mm -hmm. songs and about disinformation. They replaced her with Michael Chertoff, and he's the co-author of the Patriot Act. Think about that. That's bad. You know, the Patriot Act that stripped Americans of many of our freedoms and made it. When you go to an airport, you feel like you're going to a police state. That's the co-author of that was Michael Chertoff. Uh, Michael Chertoff has also said that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian Russian disinformation. Three, Chertoff uh, has said it's preposterous to think that Hunter Biden left his laptop at a computer store. Uh, four, he's a, he was an attorney at Covington Burling, which is a law firm connected to Henry Kissinger. Um, he's a member of the Trilateral Commission a very murky, shadowy group that has been instrumental in pushing the Great Reset. Uh, six, he graduated from Harvard. Seven, he studied abroad at the London School of Economics. Eight, he attended Harvard. So you add all that in there, I mean, I don't know if you can find anybody who's more deep state Great Reset than Michael Chertoff. Right. I've heard him speak. He's also the former Secretary of Homeland Security. And we know what that means, how they've just totally overridden all of our constitutional rights with that in this country. So, yeah, he's bad news. I, I just wanted to bring it up quickly because I knew you would have the facts. You'd have the information on him. Yeah. And people need to be aware that that, that issue of the Ministry of Truth, which is what they call that, the Governance Disinformation Board or something. Basically, it's straight-up censorship. If you don't say what they want, if you're not following the narrative, they're not only going to censor you, but they're going to pursue you as a terrorist in this country, which is what they've done to all the other countries, mind you. And, you know, people need to not let go and not think that, that it's okay because we got rid of that ding-dong, the witch is no, dead kind of girl. it just got worse. It yeah, got it's worse. much worse, much worse. Um, it just, yeah. It's not like now the World Health Organization. A lot of people are cheering that certain countries are pushing back against the uh, you know, World Health Organization's overreach and their attempt to take away American sovereignty, and I appreciate them doing that. But um, their plan, uh, their plans are are just getting increased. I mean, it's it's not like we uh, we had a small maybe uh, uh, what we maybe looked like a win, but we're in the process of seeing the full implementation of the Great Reset. What what they're doing at the World Health Organization right now is they're trying to make the argument that any country that won't comply with the World Health Organization's recommendations, they are a threat to all other nations. So it, they're thus setting sort of the groundwork the ground uh, rules for, uh, you know, saying that you can deploy foreign soldiers on American soil to uh, stop the spread of a virus. And, and for anybody that says that, that seems a little bit far-fetched. That seems a little bit crazy. That seems a little bit, I don't know that I can prove that. Someone might say, um, Helen Clark is her name. And uh, she spoke at the uh, World Economic Forum 
And she's talking about how the World Health Organization needs to have uh, added powers. This is not me talking. This is um, Helen Clark of the World Health Organization. Listen to what she has to say here. Here we go. We have to believe that it's possible to stop a localized outbreak becoming a raging global pandemic. And that means better surveillance, more transparency, frankly, by all member states. If they think something's happened, it's got to, it's got to be reported. And the WHO needs the power to be on the site with whatever teams need to be deployed. It needs to be able to publish the information it has rather than you know, beg countries for permission to do it. It's got to be able to take a precautionary approach in running up a flag. And it's got to be able to declare an emergency without being kneecapped by an emergency committee. These are basic things that need to be dealt with in a, in a review of the international health regulations. Otherwise, we will lose weeks again next time something happens. She just said that. I mean, they're wanting to be able to declare an emergency anywhere in the world right now. And they're, they're rolling out this new strategy called Ring Vaccination. If you haven't seen it, folks, just type in Ring Vaccination Harvard. Type in Ring Vaccination Harvard. You can read it. And this is a, a their, their strategy to, to mitigate, quote unquote, the spread of, of monkeypox. And it is truly terrifying. Also, the World Health Organization is now convening an emergency meeting here in the next 72 hours to de decide whether to declare a pandemic or not. I mean, we are... It really is uh, becoming a, a really uh, dangerous place to be in on this planet Earth. Well, it's that time again. It's break time. So we will be right back after this break. This woman named Violet, she's got a 16-year-old son who's autistic. And she kept trying to file for an exemption for the mask. And the teachers were, you know, they refused and they were really right up in his face trying to keep this mask on him all day because he was clearly uncomfortable and agitated with it. Well, he got to a point where he's doing physical harm to himself. So he had to be placed in a mental institution. So Violet decided to go down and acquire the bond of her superintendent, her, the assistant superintendent, the treasurer and the assistant treasurer. And this superintendent turned out to be bonded for $4.6 million per claim. So Violet went ahead and uh, served this woman a letter of intent to file a claim against her surety bond. And when you file a letter of intent, you basically have to list their violations. Then in this case, she had concluded that this woman had broken 27 state federal and international laws, including color of law. And she served this woman along with 10 other friends per claim, $4.6 million per claim. Wow. So we're looking at 40 plus million in, in <laughs> potential liability. So needless to say, the superintendent went on the run. This was over the Christmas break uh, and she tried to call the police <laughs> she tried to get the sheriff involved and she literally went missing for a week <laughs> oh my goodness and uh when school came back in session violet went ahead and served her in person so six days later so what you have to do is you have to give them this letter of intent and in that letter you have to declare what you want them to do to resolve the problem so she asked this superintendent to one drop the mask mandates two, admit that she was wrong when it came to her son, and three, to resign. The woman did nothing. So on day six, Violet went down and filed the claim. 
And this claims adjuster really had no idea what to do. You know, they're looking around for the forms like, oh, this has mm -hmm. never happened. You know, oh, right, geez. Right. And uh, so Violet went and filed the claim. The very next day, they had a, a private meeting, but it was recorded with their counsel. And we have their counsel uh, on record communicating to the board of directors. They actually used the phrase, we should buy some more beer and heroin because you guys are in deep trouble. We had oh to stop gosh. all state and federal funding. They had to um, drop all the mask mandates. They had to start calling in parents to assist because they couldn't pay their teachers. And they left the superintendent out to dry with this $4.6 million in liability. So a week later, Violet felt quite guilty and she had gotten what she'd wanted. They had removed the mask mandate. So she went ahead and she retracted her claim out of a, a measure of good faith to let this woman know, hey, I do have this power. I don't intend to overuse it. You need to back down. Well, what did she do? She went right back to her old ways, put the mask mandate right back in place um, uh, and, and acted like nothing had ever happened. So Violet went ahead and filed another claim <laughs> because she can and the problem is not resolved. And, uh, and anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. Hi, this is Mickey Klon. And it was such a joy and pleasure to meet with Kinthea, Annetta, and Timothy on the other side of the news. Welcome back to The Other Side of the News. This evening, our special guest is Clay Clark. I'm co-hosting with Timothy Saunders and Kinthea. Tonight's show is called Countdown from the 70s. I'm going to hand this over to Timothy because I know he's got awesome questions. He always does. So, Timothy. Thank you. Thank you, Annetta. Clay, what happened prior to 1971 to instigate this first chapter in the New World Order? Well, you know, the uh, the Bible prophesied all of this. And so you have the, the Rothschilds and many other bloodlines that have been working on this for quite a while. Uh, I just kind of start the conversation at 1971 so people can see a, a launch point. I see. So it, it's prophesied in the Bible. Um, could you tell us a little bit, little bit about that? Yeah, let's do this. So if you open your Bible to Revelation chapter uh, 13, verse uh, 16 through 18, I'm, I'll read it to you because I don't want to ever paraphrase the Word of God. It reads, And he causeth all, both small and great, uh, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is the wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is 603 score and 6. So we're supposed to, we're being instructed to look out for the number 666. Well, then when you look it up here, folks, type in H.R. 666. So Congress is working on legislation called H.R. 666, which would uh, be able to uh, end the critical race theory conversation. It would basically uh, make make pre-crime or thought crime um, illegal. It would make it a, a punishable offense to have thought crime. Uh, then Congress is working on legislation called H.R. 6666. That's four sixes. That could force you to put the RNA-modifying nanotechnology COVID-19 shots inside your body. Uh, then the Google Chrome logo is now 666. Uh, look at the logo. Type in Google Chrome logo 666. 
Bill Gates has a patent that would make it mechanically possible to implement Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, which is W020206060606. Uh, CERN, the world's largest supercomputer, fulfills Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. Revelation 9:11. CERN is located on top of the former temple of Apollo, and uh, Revelation 9:11 talks about this. But CERN is the world's largest supercomputer. Their stated goal is to find the God particle. Um, CERN. Um, CERN also is credited with having invented the World Wide Web. And in Hebrew, the letter W is six, so www is six six six. Uh, Revelation chapter 9, 11. Again, this is CERN is located on top of the former temple of Apollo. They're trying to recreate the world's largest supercomputer to isolate the God particle. They are um, they have created Hadron Colliders, which is like a large tunnel underneath the ground that speeds up uh, elements above the, the speed of light. And uh, Revelation 9, 11 says, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue, half his name, Apollyon. So, I mean, we're seeing all these things happen. So, I mean, I believe this plan has been a biblical plan that's been building for a long time. There's Team Satan versus Team Jesus, and we just happen to be living through it. That's that's certainly a, a clear-cut section through that. May I ask, in your opinion, why do you think it is necessary for these people to project these numbers you, you mentioned earlier the 33 club what now the 666 why is it necessary for in, these numbers to come to the surface is is it like a, is it like a prayer is it like a, a mark to say this is us doing this yeah. who, who are they signaling well all i know and I, i'm going to speak kind of vague so i don't get myself in trouble for reasons that aren't necessary but you know we've all met somebody who's had some big success in their life you know where they were from your town they were from your community, from your state, from your country, from your whatever your town. And all of a sudden they become a household name or, you you know, we've all kind of have a, a connection to that or somebody. And the few people that I've met who've gone on to have just massive, crazy fame, they all do insane poses when taking photos, even to this day. You know, so whenever they take photos, they do these weird poses. And you might catch somebody doing it once or maybe accidentally doing a pose, but it's like they just are committed to the symbolism. And so I met Mel Kay, I met Roseanne, I've met Jim Brewer and other people that have had massive success in Hollywood. And they all tell me that the, 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 the symbolism, the commitment to the symbolism is a big part of the club of Satan. And so you have to show your allegiance to, to Satan by through the symbolism. So is it programmed in people's, through childhood, through, for example, you mentioned Disney earlier. I mean... Are people subconsciously looking out for these signals to sort of say, okay, I'm going to say yes to this question. I'm going to accept your proposal. Or I mean, is it that literal? Um, I do know that uh, uh, Jim Brewer tells the story uh, of where he was having a certain level of success uh, in his career. And he was approached by people that said, hey, you know, do you want to have an, an extramarital affair here? You know, I mean, do you want to um, partake of this? activity. And he was, uh, you know, uh, very clear and, and, and no, I do not want to participate in this activity. But he noticed that all around him, there were people that were participating in these crazy uh, sexual ritualistic activities. And those um, activities uh, were seen as a kind of a, a worship by these people. And so he wanted to get out of Hollywood because he just saw the sexual perversion, but not sexual perversion um, 
um, you know, like on an accidental, incidental one time. It was like a ritualistic commitment these people had to that that worldview and that mindset. So, uh, again, I've never uh, been firsthand. I have been to Hollywood, um, you know, a couple times early in my career, uh, you know, won some awards and got asked to speak at some events. And you can just feel uh, uh, the satanic um, oppression there. The symbolism is, is just out of control. Fascinating. So to look more in the sort of context of all of this, in your opinion, who is the puppet master or puppet masters behind all of this? Who is actually instigating these changes? Well, I know that Yuval Noah Harari, um, there's four characters I can introduce you to. Yuval Noah Harari, he's, the, he's, the, he's a, a man they refer to as the prophet. He's praised by Obama, Zuckerberg, and Gates. Uh, and also great, great buddies with uh, Klaus Schwab as well, I believe. Correct. Him. Yes. Yep, and he's praised by MIT, Stanford, Harvard, TED Talks, Google X, Silicon Valley, and his name is Yuval Noah Harari. So Yuval Noah Harari um, is the top advisor for Klaus Schwab. He speaks at the World Economic Forum often. So you have Yuval Noah Harari, and you have Klaus Schwab, and Klaus Schwab is the founder of the World Economic Forum, whose father was a Nazi, by the way, Klaus Schwab. His father was praised by Adolf Hitler. His father was a Nazi. And you can see all of this at timetofreeamerica.com. Everything I'm saying on today's show, everything is cited at timetofreeamerica.com. Then you have Grimes, uh, Grimes, G-R-I-M-E-S, Grimes. She's a pop music uh, artist who uh, writes songs that always lyrically say what Yuval Noah Harari just said. So Yuval <laughs> Noah Harari will literally say this crazy statement about humans being hackable animals, eliminating free will, removing uh, you know autonomy from humans. Uh, he ta- I mean, just, it's insanity. He wants to end money, ban the use of money. Wants to ban free will, uh, you know. This, this is you've all know Harari collecting, you know, connecting humans' brains to computers. These are all things he says. And then Grimes writes songs about these things. So if you just go to YouTube tonight and type in Grimes, G-R-I-M-E-S, just look at her last album, read the lyrics. It's insanity. Um, and then you have Elon Musk. And Elon Musk, all of the technology needed to implement the Great Reset. Because great re- the Great Reset, uh, COVID-19 stands for Certificate of Vaccination, IDAI. Certificate of Vaccination, IDAI. And all of the technology needed to make the Great Reset happen. Uh, let me explain how this works. If you put RNA-modifying nanotechnology inside your body, they need to connect your body to 5G towers and the 5G towers to the Internet above the Earth, the low-orbit satellites. So who's the one making the 30,000 low-orbit satellites that surround the Earth at all times? Starlink. Elon Musk. Who's the guy making the RNA-modifying nanotechnology? Who has one of the largest RNA manufacturing facilities on the planet? That would be Elon Musk, his company called CureVac. Who's the one funding the AI research that's funded by Bill Gates? Bill Gates, that's Elon Musk. So who is the one pushing the self-driving cars that eliminate your autonomy that you all know Harari praises? Elon Musk. So you have Elon Musk, Grimes, you all know Harari, Klaus Schwab, you have Tedros, the head of the World Economic, the head of the World Health Organization. Tedros, an open communist, controlled by the Chinese government. You've got, there's just so many players working together. But when you see the system and method for testing for COVID-19, the system and method for testing for COVID-19 was patented by Richard Rothschild. On mm, that's uh, a surprise. So if you go to timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation. And you go to the timeline there and you scroll down and you look for the system and method for testing for COVID-19. The system and method for testing for COVID-19 was patented by Richard Rothschild on October 13th of 2015. 
So, I mean, these these uh, these bloodlines are all over this uh, plan to implement the Great Reset. So, Clay, do you see these individuals as com coming together to make their own gender real, or do you see there's somebody behind them? I mean, I, I personally see them more as, as puppets, even though they're very successful in their own right in different directions. But I would have thought there's some force behind them all. I feel like the force what behind them all is Satan. I see. So you think they're working directly for Satan? Yes. These guys. Interesting. So that leads on nicely to my, my other question, uh, which is many of us have seen all of this coming. We've seen it on the horizon. But despite this, why is humanity falling victim to these decisions made up to, what, 50 years ago? Well, you know, the Bible warns us uh, 365 times to not give in to the spirit of fear. The Bible warns us 365 times, 300, that's a lot of times, to not give in to the spirit of fear, you know? And uh, the spirit of fear is, tr is currently controlling uh, the world around us. So all I could say, uh, I think a lot of people right now are just now for the first time discovering that Satan actually exists and, and God does too. And so I just encourage everybody, if you're listening right now, to, um, you know, really just get into Scripture. And specifically, I encourage you to go to Revelation and read, I mean, Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 through 18. It's powerful. Just go to the book of Revelation. I encourage you to read that tonight. Read Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel. Um, I would encourage you to read Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24. And when you read these things, um, it'll become clear to you that we are living through the implementation of COVID-19, the Great Reset. I mean, this is this is a spiritual battle that was prophesied, and COVID-19 stands for Certificate of Vaccination, IDAI. Let me rephrase it another way. We are living through the attempt of the Luciferians to implement the mark of the beast in every human on the planet. So we are kind of at the end of the book, and most people are spiritually ignorant, so they're just falling for the 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 tricks and the plans of the evildoers. So you say it's been in this uh, collection of writings that's been publicized through society in different channels for, let's say, two thousand years. So it's been there all the time in 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 print, and yet people are just coming to terms with this could be a real reality. I believe so. I think a lot of people have thought that, you know, God is indicative of good things and Satan is indicative of bad things. But I don't think they believe that Satan actually existed and that God actually existed. But I think, I think now where people are seeing, we, you know, it talks about in the Bible, it says, for we battle not, uh, for we, I'm going to read this here. It says, for we battle not against flesh and blood. And this would be Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. I don't think a lot of people thought that was literal until right about right now. Mm. Well, I guess that leads me to my last question, which is if, if it has been prophesied 2,000 years ago, then who wrote that? Who, who let that thought um, – it's not a thought, it's, it's all a prediction – lay dormant in this book for, for 2,000 years? Um, I think God has his own timeline, and I just don't know what, I don't know uh, what God was thinking or how that all works. And that would be something I want to ask you when I get there. <laughs> well, if, if, you, if, you, uh, if you find out, please let me know. Oh, my goodness. It's break time already. 
You're listening to The Other Side of the News. The show tonight is called Countdown from the 70s, and our amazing guest is Clay Clark. Co-hosting are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. We shall return. Mass formation and totalitarianism can emerge typically if people feel lonely already. If people don't feel lonely and disconnected, you cannot provoke or, or a mass formation won't emerge either spontaneously or artificially or intentionally created, doesn't matter. But people need to be disconnected in order to be able to, to be vulnerable for mass formation. So once a mass formation happened and once a totalitarian state emerged in a society, then the first thing that totalitarian leaders do is typically to isolate the population. That's usually the first thing they do. Sometimes they do this intentionally. Stalin, for instance, in the Soviet Union, intentionally tried to isolate people because he just knew that when people were isolated, they would never be able to organize themselves and protest against a totalitarian state. But in Nazi Germany, Hitler didn't try to isolate people intentionally, but still it happened spontaneously in the totalitarian state. So it can happen, it, uh, the isolation of people can be pursued in an intentional way, but even if it is not, people will start to become more isolated just because of the phenomenon of mass formation. And that's why it is so important to really understand the mechanism of mass formation. Because then you see what actually happens throughout the mass formation and even much more important, what you can do uh, against it. Hello, I'm uh, Matthias Desmet, professor in clinical psychology at the Ghent University. I also got a master's degree in statistics and I am the author of several books. My latest book is uh, The Psychology of Totalitarianism. I was on this show and I liked it very much. This format in which you have a long time to talk and to speak is, is really great and it's so crucial for the situation we are in now that we take time to speak and to listen to each other. And I think that uh, the other side of the new show uh, gives us a wonderful opportunity to do so and contributes greatly to finding a true solution, a profound solution for the situation we find ourselves in now. And welcome back to the other side of the news. Our show is called Countdown from the 70s. And our amazing guest is Clay Clark. So, Clay, I do have a question, but I also have a comment. And that is in my own spiritual journey. I grew up a Christian and I dearly loved Jesus. In fact, that was one of my first conversations with Timothy. But I also feel like consciousness is evolving. And I tend to think of the dark forces as unconscious. In other words, God is omnipresent. So there is nowhere that God cannot be. So that would mean that even God is in those that are dark. They just haven't awakened to that. And so my approach is to more to be compassionate. Forgive them for they know not what they do. And even though they are totally, totally dark and 
their intention is totally evil, I, I feel like I, as a spiritual being, am not going to advance if I mm, channel energy into resist not evil. If I'm resisting them, I think my own personal growth comes more in focusing on expanding the light within me, <laughs> you know, and I've always been a fan of revelation. So it's a kind of a catch 22 here. And I'd like to hear you speak a little bit more about these contrasts of, of the light angels and the dark angels or how you see it, Satan and well, God. I, I uh, when you get into that, you're probably uh, a deeper, more well thought out human than I am. I'm a, a very um, aggressive individual who's very organized. And so that's what I do to make the Reawaken America Tour happen, you know? So I, I just try to get together, uh, you know, Dr. Tenpenny and, and General Flynn and uh, Eric Trump and, and you know, Dr. Zelenko and all these people that really have a deep understanding about the medical fraud, election fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud. I try to get all that. Um, and, and just get all those people in the same place at the same time so that they can share the truth at scale. And um, as people discover the, the, the truth about the corruption related to COVID-19, more and more people are discovering that this is a one, it's a pandemic, And then it always goes into, well, why would someone do this? Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know why Jeffrey Epstein would put a temple on his island to pray to Satan. I don't know why Jeffrey Epstein would team up with Bill Gates to fund the creation of RNA-modifying nanotechnology that controls human thoughts. I don't know why China would want to buy that technology from Charles Lieber, a scientist for $50,000 a month. Who was Charles Lieber was funded by Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein. And I don't know why Charles Lieber for $50,000 a month would create RNA-modifying nanotechnology that goes inside a human body that allows other people to control other people's thoughts. I don't, I don't know... We know why Bill Gates reached out to a satanic spiritual advisor by the name of Marina Abramovich. I don't know why Jay-Z, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, they consider Marina Abramovich the Satan worshiper, a spiritual advisor. I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know why those things, but I do know they are doing those things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you know, this leads me to my next question. I think you have a unique pulse on what's happening with the public and what's happened over the last couple of years as they've been transitioning or awakening. And I'm, yeah. I'm so curious to hear, because from your unique experience of doing the Reawaken America tours, um, I'm curious to hear the public, how you've noticed them morphing or, you know, shifting well, or have, waking. What do you notice? I have really good news um, and bad news. So the okay. good news is when people hear the truth for the first time, they usually, um, their minds, I mean, they, they usually are very grateful. They're just like, wow. I mean, you'll see people laugh. You'll see people cry. Some people don't know how to process it when they hear it for the first time, but people are seeking the truth, which is good. And I, and I have proof to prove that. Okay. So let's say an example, 90% uh, of people stopped watching CNN over the past year. Wow. Great. That's um, another fact would be this, the cost of an avocado, the cost of gas, the cost of plywood, the cost of living in America has gone up at least, at least 25% for everybody, right? But yet mm -hmm. the mainstream media says the inflation rate is 8.6% today. So people are with their eyes are seeing the price go up, but they're like, they're, they're being told to deny what they know to be true. You know, in terms of just inflation, uh, CNN is continually reporting things as they're, they're calling things a conspiracy theory that later get proved true. And it just keeps happening, right? 
Um, another example is uh, The Hill, which is not a conservative publication. They're not a truth-telling publication. But The Hill came out and said that only 27% of Americans now are in favor of the Biden agenda. And I don't even know that it's 27%. I doubt it. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I don't know that it's – I don't even know that it's that high. Maybe it's a lot less. Maybe it's uh, a lot lower than that. But all I'm saying – is if 27% of Americans now are in favor of the agenda, that means that, you know, 63, 73% are not, right? Just doing math, 73% are not in favor of the agenda. So I think more and more people are waking up to what's going on. And because uh, this is the the crescendo, the apex, the peak of their 50-year plan, they're not holding anything back now. So you've all know a Harari. I mean, let me just give you an example. Let's give you one example. You've all know, you've all know Harari he did an interview with the New York Times. And by the way, you couldn't do an interview with the New York Times, and I couldn't either, because they don't allow you to say the truth on that publication. So they, they, they invite them up there, and they're like, okay, you've all, what's COVID-19 all about? You know, at the end of the day, how are we going to remember COVID-19? He said this out loud. Listen to this. Maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And if this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. Because really, we haven't seen anything yet. I, I think that the big process that's happening right now in the world is uh, hacking human beings, the ability to hack humans, to understand deeply. They're saying it out loud now. I mean, they, they said out loud during an interview, the purpose of COVID-19 is to put surveillance under the skin. Wow. You know, I mean, they're not holding it back anymore. I mean, you have um, recently Yuval was sitting down for, uh, I don't know, these interviews he does, and they're asking him, you know, you know, tell us more about what how you see the world changing with COVID-19. Listen to what he says, listen to this. The big battle in this regard in the 21st century will be between privacy and health, and health will win. Most people will be willing to give up their privacy in exchange for much better healthcare based on 24 hours monitoring of what's happening inside their bodies. I guess very soon people will walk around with biometric sensors on or even inside their bodies and will allow uh, Google or Facebook or the Chinese government or whoever to constantly monitor uh, what's happening inside my body. He's actually saying that. I mean, he's saying these things. Out loud. Let me just play one more audio clip. Listen to this. This is what he says. Um, and this is, this is uh, you all know Harari, speaking about what he calls the ARC. Now, this right here is uh, probably the most disturbing sound clip you'll hear tonight. Listen to Yuval Noah Harari speaking about this openly. We don't need to wait for Jesus Christ to come back to Earth in order to overcome death. Okay, he says this, and then he's sitting down for kind of more of a one-on-one -on -one style interview. And the lady's like, you know, how do you see this all playing out? He says this. Uh, you have a small elite that um, pushes things in its own interests even if it doesn't benefit the vast majority of the population. This has happened so many times previously in history, and it's probably going to happen again. Um, the, 
one of the biggest dangers to the planet today is this technological utopia, because probably for the elite, it will work. If bad comes to worse, then when the flood comes, the scientists will build a Noah's Ark for the elite, leaving the rest to drown, the rest of the people and then the rest of the, of the ecosystem. But they are likely to be able to construct this technological Noah's Ark, which is probably what much of the elite is, is counting on. He's saying this out loud. I mean, they're, they're not hiding it anymore. And so I would just say the wake up is happening because so many people are hearing for the first time uh, these things that, you know, people like yourself may have known for a decade or, or decades. Mm -hmm. Well, so you mentioned the, the positive and the negative, but in a personal sense, when you're interacting with the public, you know, the Bible is saying, you know, beware of fear 365 times. So in your Reawaken America tours, how are you seeing people uh, deal with fear? I, I mean, I, I know that people are encountering, uh, discovering what's really going on for the first time. I think that's what's happening. So the, the good news I have, I guess, is that people are um, hearing it. And they're telling me they're hearing it for the first time. The bad news is they're just now hearing it. Now, in terms of how they respond to it, I can't really comment on that because I don't know exactly, um, you know, what they're – I don't know how they process it when they get home. I just know when I talk to them um, before any – if you've got a time to freeamerica.com and you join us for the Reawaken America Tour in Virginia Beach in, in July or the Reawaken America Tour in, in August in Rochester, you know, I try to get there early and greet every single attendee if at all possible – and there's thousands of people, and I always ask them on day two, what did you learn day one? And people tell me that they're, they're hearing about COVID-19, the Great Reset, for the first time. The vast majority of people tell me they've never heard these things before. Oh, my goodness. Well, so in your unique position where you've had these amazing guest speakers, what are you seeing in terms of counteracting Satan? You know, I mean, Satan has Satan's agenda, so to speak. But what do you see when you are talking to General Flynn or Trump or whoever? How do you see well, a timeline? I never, never want to put discouragement into the listener's ears, nor do I ever want to put hopium. I always just want to put facts. Okay, so that's my only little disclaimer. There's a belief that exists amongst many patriots that there's a secret plan going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I've heard it. Mm -hmm. And the people that I know uh, who I've met, and I'm, you know, Eric Trump, General Flynn, Cash Patel, you know, the people that are like closest to Trump, they all repeatedly tell me, please don't stop because the people are the only plan we have. Like there's no secret plan. The plan is we need every American to help and, and, and as it relates to the Americans. I know for people that aren't in America, that's a different answer, but you know, there's, uh, they, they don't seem to know of a, a secret plan. And a lot of times they tend to, um, you know, um, they, 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 they tend to actually come to me, um, as a source of wisdom, not cause I'm that smart, not cause I'm that smart, but because I, you know, I've dedicated my, my life. I mean, I, I got up to this morning at 3 AM, uh, it is 7:56, So this will be what, uh, three, so we 12 plus five. So this is a 17-hour day today. This is my 11th interview today. 
And I spend most of my day all day researching this stuff. And I'm at the tip of the spear with all these speakers. So a lot of times they'll call me. So as an example, like when the monkeypox, when the nuclear threat initiative made a document that prophesied the monkeypox outbreak would occur on May 15th of 2022, that document was in my hands almost 15 months ago. You know, our oh list gave that to me 15 months ago. And so a lot of the people on the tour are going, dude, how did you know that would happen? And I'm going, I'm not prophetic. I just read the document. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I mean, again, I archive all that at time2freeamerica.com. That's time2freeamerica.com. Fantastic. Well, I think our audience is going to be very excited to explore that site. I know I am. This is Anetta from the other side of the news. I'd like to let you know that I'm going to be on a month-long tour across the United States. I'm touring with the Truth Tour and it's going to be an inspiring event with well-known, high-powered, and emerging insightful patriots speaking on the kind of topics that we cover on the other side of the news. As I'm sure you're aware, one of the things that the cabal has done throughout this period of time we've been living through is to separate us. And one of the primary goals of the Truth Tour is to bring like-minded people together and to share knowledge with each other. With that knowledge, people can come together in friendship and build a strong communities that they want to live in. So this is how we defeat the cabal. The Truth Tour covers 22 cities in 31 days and we cover around 8,000 miles. To see our route and see if you're near one of our cities, you can check truthtour.net. We have a variety of options. Tickets from VIP level, down to a dollar so everyone can afford to come. For those of you that are in a geographic situation that does not allow you to attend, we also have an online streaming event that includes all 22 cities and a portal to watch them at your convenience. And if you're really excited and you want to support the tour, we have a donation button. This way you can support the tour and pay it forward for a person who may not be able to pay the full ticket price. This is a great opportunity to meet other truth seekers, make new friends, and not feel so isolated. Our primary goal with the Truth Tour is to bring people together to educate, motivate, and inspire you to take action. I am so excited to meet each and every one of you live and in person out on the road and give every one of you a big old hug. Welcome back. Tonight, we have our special guest, Clay Clark. The show's name is Countdown from the 70s, and I am co-hosting with Kinthea and Timothy Saunders. I could go deeper into, into this, uh, uh, the fiat currency thing. Do you, what do you see there? What, what are, what's your, with the different speakers you have, what's going on with that, do you think? The, the reset of the financial system. Um. Well, I know that right now, I mean, uh, Putin has said he's not going to sell his real oil anymore unless he gets real gold in exchange for it, which is creating problems uh, for the U.S. dollar, which is already in trouble. 
I know that uh, you've all know Harar. He sat down with the head of the International Monetary Fund for an interview where they said the, ma- the nature of money is going to change dramatically. And they're talking about a world where money is no longer available because we just operate off of social credit score. So I know that's the plan of the deep of the great reset. That's the plan of the uh, the plan, the International Monetary Fund and the plan that the World Economic Forum. Um, is there another plan that is possible uh, that would move us away from living through that uh, hell of a social credit score? I, I hope I just don't have any proof to show that that is imminent, but I would I hope it is. Well, I'm actually kind of getting at the idea that, okay, so fiat currency is is uh, completely false, fake, and phony. All right. right. So, so that's one thing that some people are just becoming aware of. Coming off the gold standard we did in 71 like we did in, in 71, coming off that gold standard and uh, going into the petrodollar and making this completely fictitious currency, it was also – uh, it just—it it was just part of the plan for the uh, the central banks. We call it the Federal Reserve here because it hadn't been that long since we came off another central bank system. I mean, this is our third central bank system in this country, and we have—you know—it's it's unconstitutional. So, do you see any way that? Uh, in, in, I, I see ways, but I'm just saying, are any of your speakers talking about things that we can do? I'm, I'm personally investing in other, like in, yeah. in precious metals, for example. Well, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be slightly argumentative at all with you. I would just say that um, the speakers that I have have not um, mentioned that they see a viable path towards that. Nor does that mean that we don't believe that what you're saying is viable. Okay, so I mean, they're not talking about like uh, bringing bringing in the thing that we have. This we we have a completely unconstitutional money system. Agreed. So yeah, so they're not talking about any kind of plans or. They agree with what you just said in terms of the uh, uh, the, the most of the speakers agree that the, you know that the Federal Reserve is not federal and there is no reserve and it's completely unconstitutional and the Western private Western Central Bank and the corruption of it. They they believe all that. I just haven't heard anybody share a path forward to get off of that system. I wish right. we, I wish I did. Yeah, no, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm hoping that you were going to say that, but okay. All right. That's, that's kind of that answer. Um, and I know since we have a, a few minutes here, um, can you get a little bit into the world economic form? Uh, Cause I know one of your favorites of all time is Klaus oh. Schwab to talk about, right? Cause <laughs> Klaus Schwab is, if you just know about Klaus Schwab, his whole deal, his father was a Nazi, okay? And he's big into eugenics, and he wants to do this thing called gene editing, okay? And so um, I'm not, this isn't me saying this. I'll I'm going to just play the audio so you can hear Klaus Schwab openly talk about This is Klaus Schwab on Charlie Rose. Listen to this audio. Here we go. You now say that you want to talk about in this year's uh, conference in January. Master. This is 2015. The Fourth Industrial Revolution. Okay, so he calls it the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Daniel, in the book, in the book of Daniel, you know, he referred to it as the Fourth Kingdom. Uh, the the uh, Dark Side comic series calls it the Fourth World. Um, you know, um, Nazis call it the Fourth Reich. Listen to this. This will be so much affected with what's going on mm-hmm. in research, in innovation, and we are not sufficiently prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Just look at the discussion on big data. Yeah. Wait for it. it shows Here he goes. How, how 
difficult it is to find the necessary rules, to find the necessary norms. And look at things like artificial intelligence. Exactly. And robots, look at yeah. things like um, gene editing. Exactly. You know, opening a whole new horizon for medical science. And you see, the difference of this first uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who exactly. are changed. Yeah. And of yeah. course, this has a big impact yeah. on your identity. Yeah. So Klaus Schwab wants everyone to put RNA modifying nanotechnology inside their body that will fundamentally change who you are and will connect brains to computers and make it impossible for you to buy or sell without being tracked everywhere you go. If you don't believe me, folks, go to time2freeamerica.com forward slash revelation, time2freeamerica.com forward slash revelation, time2freeamerica.com forward slash revelation, and there you can see the patents that prove the plan. I couldn't help but notice how he sounded like Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, he's the worst. He, he, and Klaus Schwab, he's, a, he's a, an interesting guy in that he's um, openly nefarious and he looks nefarious mm. and he talks nefarious it's like the movies um are basing their evil characters off of him you know <laughs> um you know dr evil always is or oh, dr evil you know dr evil works with mr bigglesworth but mr bigglesworth looks exactly like the hairless cat looks like you've all know a harari so I would just say Klaus Schwab is Dr. Evil and his hairless cat is Mr. Bigglesworth. Wow. We've all know a Harari. So so who is Mini-Me? Uh, well, Mini-Me. Well, you know, now, now you're getting deep into the analogy, and that's where the wheels fall off for me on that. But I'll just tell you, Klaus Schwab really does look like Dr. Evil, in my opinion. And sound like Darth Vader. <laughs> maybe, right. maybe we could have some fun with that, ask our listeners to uh, message us who Mini-Me is. What about what about uh, uh, Dr. Fraudchi? Do, do you have an analogy for him? Well, I think Dr. Fauci is um, sort of a, a a puppet is how I would describe him. He will say whatever people want them to say. You know, and so it's like um, it's a thing where he will literally say anything that people. Um, want him to say at any time he, he's totally controlled by the bill gates and melinda found the bill and melinda gates foundation he's on the board um fauci funded the gain of function research lab he has no problem saying in one statement that wearing a mask does not stop the spread of a, of, of a virus <laughs> wearing a mask does not stop the spread of, of, of a virus and so wearing a mask should not be used to, to mitigate the spread of, of covid the virus but then like two weeks later he'll say wearing a mask is a very important way to mitigate the spread of the virus. We we need to be as forceful as possible to impose mask wearing. So he just he'll say whatever. He has no he has no ethics, no qualms about saying anything. He'll just say whatever he feels like he needs to say at the time. He's he's just a paid actor who's just paid to say evil, nefarious things. He has no uh, fear of God at all. I'll just kind of close my thoughts here. Uh, so I've been listening to a couple prophetic channels, and you know they're they're speaking about how things are going to come to some kind of close this year in terms of the election fraud is going to flip everything, and the reset is going to be halted. Have you heard anything? Well, that would be a prayer I have. I haven't heard any viable strategies that that could occur or that that is going to occur. Right? Nor nor um. 
do I know that it's not possible? But I don't I don't know anybody personally who's told me they are very confident that that will happen. Okay. All right. So at this point, is there anything, any thought you would like to share that we haven't asked you? I would like to ask that question. What would be on your mind that you'd like to tell our audience? Uh, you just have five five things I want to share real quick here. Um, one is that the models that said that 2.2 million Americans would die from COVID-19, those models were false. The models that said that everyone's going to die from monkeypox, the whole world's going to get monkeypox, we're all going to die. All these models are all, the, 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 the beginning of the fear is always false. Two, the PCR tests, the polymerase tests, you know, the COVID-19 tests we're all supposed to take to see if we have the virus that's so deadly you have to get tested to see if you have it. Those PCR tests are used to create a falsely inflated number of cases, positive cases. And that's what's happening again right now with monkeypox. Three, COVID-19 is 100% treatable with budesonide, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. It's preventable by improving your immune system. The monkeypox isn't deadly like people say it is. Four, they always ask for extreme lockdowns, extreme measures that destroy your freedoms to stop the spread of the virus. They're doing it again. The World Health Organization is convening their emergency meeting. And finally, five, is that if you comply, your freedoms will die. And I just encourage everybody today to resolve in your mind right now what you are going to do and or not do as it relates to the next round of lockdowns part two, because they're going to push for another round of lockdowns. Well, I think our audience is not going to comply, at least. Amen to that. <laughs> at least that's here. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a time for all of us to stand up for respect for the supreme power and uh, turn away from the fear of even evil. Don't feed it. I agree. And I appreciate you guys allowing me to be here. And I would just encourage everybody listening tonight Please go to time2freeamerica.com, time2freeamerica.com. And I've got three free gifts for your listeners or three free things. If you go to time2freeamerica.com, you can watch our documentary called The Reawaken America Tour a documentary for free just by going to the shopping cart at time2freeamerica.com. You can watch it for free. You can donate if you want to. Two, you can download my book called The Great Reawakening versus The Great Reset, 100% free. You can download it, time2freeamerica.com. If you want to buy it, I mean, you have the shopping cart as well, but if you want to buy a physical copy, you can. But if you want to download the, the PDF of, of the book, you can. And it explains everything we just said on the Today Show times 10. And then third, if you want to come to the Reawaken America Tour in Virginia Beach, um, we have just now under 700 tickets remaining. Dr. Jane Ruby, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, General Flynn, Eric Trump, Don Trump Jr., Lance Wallnow, Amanda Grace, Kim Clement's daughter, Donna Clement, Mike Lindell. They're all going to be there. I mean, it's, there's 84 confirmed speakers that you can see at time2freeamerica.com. Thank you so much. This has been an awesome time with you. I'm deeply grateful. Thank you guys for carving out time. I really appreciate you and all your listeners out there. And hopefully uh, everybody took some notes and, and learned some things tonight. I really do appreciate you. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Have a great tour. Hey, you guys take care. Have a great night. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. 72 vaccines. Your children will get, um, as of right now, before they're 18. And that number is doubling very quickly in the near future and guys the thing that bothered me so much is i had no idea back then in 98 that there were a lot of people talking about vaccines but what i know now and what i learned in 2010 and your listeners have to understand this in 2010 the u.s supreme court ruled 
that all vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. And let me say that again. Um, 2010, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that all vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. This should be very eye-opening to anybody out there because what they're telling you that now is if you vaccinate your children, you have to deal with the consequences because they just told you that all vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. And more to that now, in 2018, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Doug Bigtree put in the Health and Freedom of Information Act to have the safety studies released, okay? If your listeners don't know this, in 1986, Ronald Reagan passed the Vaccine Injury Act, which said the vaccine companies are exempt of any and all liability. But Reagan said, look, if we're gonna give them blanket liability, we've got to at least make them do safety studies every other year. Not every year, but every other year. So they sued to have those safety studies released. And we've always heard that vaccines are safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. But when they got the report back, it was 100% empty. Not one single safety study has been done on any of the vaccines since 1986. This should be very, very, very disturbing to all you guys. And that's what began to wake me up as far as vaccines were my children back in 98 when the medical doctors couldn't give me the safety studies. Guys, this is Christopher Key. Never forget it. It's Christ Ofer. Christ is in me. He's in my name. Never forget my last name. It's Key, K-E-Y. God's given us the keys to unlock the doors that Satan never wanted unlocked, and we do it for our children. I so enjoyed the show tonight. The other side of the news is beyond fabulous. Well, that was an amazing interview. I'm so grateful that Clay was with us for an hour. Originally, it was only going to be half an hour. Uh, One of the things that I found really curious was his mention of Elon Musk, because I find him to be a real enigma. I mean, Twitter, okay, he's helping the patriots, and then he's into all this AI, and, and then this weird thing about... Uh, his girlfriend Grimes, who says they're kind of on and off, they have a fluid relationship, and their children get their names. They named their son, the oldest one, XAEA 12, but the AE as one letter and 12 violated the California law. So they had to replace that, and they landed up just calling him X. The daughter's name is Exa Dark Sidereal. So they just call her Y. So they call their kids X and Y. I mean, I don't know what to make of him. I mean, he's he's an innovator, but this is really strange. I mean, what do you think? Well, I flop all over the place with him. Many things about him I like. Well, first of all, how how can you not like him in many, many aspects? Because he is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not just talking about innovative kind of brilliant, but I, if you if you follow any of the the little um, you know quips he makes, either on True Social or Twitter or whatever, I mean, he's he's just you know he has a way with words. He 
can come in and say just a few words and just totally flip the script. And mm -hmm. he's, he's brilliant at it. So, I mean, like, dislike aside, I admire that he has that. It's very confusing. If you look into his history, it appears he came from a dark family, a satanic family. But what we're seeing is there's a lot of people that are playing parts, and I can't tell which one they're playing and which one's real. But I mean, I think at one point we will find out all of this. Elon Musk is one of those super mystery guys. And he is definitely, you know, on the transhuman uh, AI, or at least he used to be. I mean, or is he still? That's the question. No one can quite figure out these things. Uh, they think they do, but then something else shows up. So I don't know who he is. And you know. Yeah, and he just flipped from being a Democrat to voting for a Republican, too. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of things that are just all over the place. And, you know, the thing is, is these, quote, elite families are anything but, right? They're masters at appearing one way and doing the opposite. And then, you know, some of the really good guys, I'd say, as a general term, they are also masters at it. So we really don't know what we're looking at. So with him, I just say, keep your eye on it. It's kind of like controlled opposition. Like Fox News. Fox News is a great example of controlled opposition. And if you don't know what, I, what I'm saying there is like, if you have something that is out there like Fox News, what they'll do is they'll bring in everybody so they all get all comfy cozy and think, oh, this is just great. They're reporting. They're actually doing real reporting and blah, 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 blah. And then they'll flip the script on you like, we're going to call the election at 4 p.m. for Biden in Arizona. That's what happened. And, right, and they're not you know, allowing uh, any mention of 2,000 mules. Right, right. So it's absolutely controlled opposition. So when you look at somebody, it's like, are they controlled opposition? Is that what's going on with someone like Musk? Or you know, you really, really flip it over and look at it from several directions to, to see this. And, and put on your tinfoil hat because you don't know. I mean, there's there's so much stuff that's going on. In my opinion, it's fine to look at things. I People say, oh, conspiracy theorist, you know, like that. No, 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 no. Conspiracy analyst. And, and if you're if you're looking at the facts and you're, you're analyzing the information and the facts and the data, then that is a very good thing to be doing. I think that that's a very worthwhile thing to do, especially right now. And also, never forget, never forget that the only way that you can get into this, some of these things and figure out what's going on is infiltration. And the only way you will ever infiltrate any of these organizations or groups or whatever cliques they are is to be so convincing they think that you're one of them. Never forget that people have had to play these roles and it flips back and forth when you're looking mm, at people like that. And he could be one of them. He absolutely could be, yeah. Okay, Annetta, hold it there. We're going to break. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. Our guest tonight is Clay Clark. The show is called Countdown from the 70s. Co-hosting are Timothy Saunders, Annetta Driscoll, and myself, Kinthea. We shall return. At a time when our freedoms are in jeopardy, this show, The Other Side of the News, is bringing to you amazing guests with truth to tell. As many of you know, 
We are now expanding our show on several platforms. One of them is Rumble. To find our show, go to rumble.com forward slash Tosin. That's R-U-M-B-L-E dot com forward slash T-O-S-N. To support Freedom From Censorship, be sure and subscribe to our Rumble channel. And please, hit the Rumble Like button to the shows you feel contribute to your well-being. That way, the algorithm will push us higher in the search field and give greater exposure to our amazing guests. We deeply appreciate your support. And we look forward to bringing you more revealing shows with guests that bring you uncensored truth with information you can act on for your well-being, your health, and your freedoms. It is our honor to serve you and to uplift you with every guest and every show. Till next time, peace. Here's the big word, law. It stands for land, air, water. When you are born and you come into this world, you're born on the land, not the water. That's what the bar operates in. That's their jurisdiction, the jurisdiction of the sea. Okay? Law stands for land, common law. A stands for air, acoustical law, canon law. And W stands for water, which is admiralty maritime law. That's what lawyers are trained in, which is contract law. It's the difference between legal and lawful is legal applies to that which is incorporated, right? Legal persons, which are fictions that are created when we're born. That's what the birth certificate represents people, okay? It's very disturbing when you understand that truth. For the other side of the news, my name's Christopher James, and I just wanted to give my full support to these wonderful people who are bringing incredible light forward at this time and moment in our world. The truth has never been more important, and I was incredibly blessed to be with them and share with them enormous truths on our very first interview, and I'm looking forward to coming back and seeing our world finally coming together under one hood, under one understanding that there's truly only one of us, and that there's only love that matters in this world, and this one truth is going to save our world and I'm so blessed to be able to bring this forward and share this light with my fellow man and woman from this show this evening. So support them all you can moving forward. They're an incredible bunch of people and Godspeed. And welcome back to the other side of the news. The show is Countdown from the 70s with our amazing guest Clay Clark. The other thing I'm looking at in terms of uh, flipping is how the whole world is flipping. You you see that French President Emmanuel Macron, uh, he lost the absolute majority. And now, like Biden, he's losing control. I mean, all these different governments are, uh, they, they seem to be sliding. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's a mistake. Well, you know, uh, and, and, and it ties in with the money thing, too, of course. Uh, and let, let's not forget Israel. We probably don't have time to get into the Israel thing. But you guys, look at Israel. Look at what's going on in Israel. Interesting. Very interesting. And Timothy reports that in Turkey, the government says the inflation is up about 74%, but the people, they say it's around 160%, going up 10% every month. It's becoming such a struggle to live. Mm -hmm. We haven't even seen the tip of that iceberg on that one right there. Yeah, watch that one. This whole thing, it's really interesting. They're losing the grasp. But remember, these people in government are minions. They're puppeted by what? The central bank, which is really losing it right now. So sure enough, it's actually to Russia's benefit and the rest of the world isn't doing so well. The few that are doing well are the ones that are flipping over to their own currency and real currency as in backed by gold and things like that. Russia has a gold-backed currency. So the BRICS nations are basically using their own form of exchange because when they cut Russia out of the SWIFT system, it's like, well, oh, boo-hoo-hoo, that's an old antiquated system. Russia had a parallel system set up and waiting, which I believe is what we're going to be seeing here too. Not the same, but a different version of that. I believe that central banks are going to fall everywhere because what's happening is is people are actually getting a front row view of what they're doing, how this actually works. And then they're seeing the results of that. With this situation we have now, everything is really, uh, you know, accelerated so people can see it happening. You know, I used to talk about uh, inflation to people and they'd be like, what inflation? I'm like, oh, yeah, we're having inflation. Oh, well, it wasn't it wasn't fast enough for people to get it. Right? This certainly is. Back to what I was saying about the, the BRICS nations. So these nations have decided basically to, you know, trade and with their own currencies and trade and, you know, the way they want to. And they're also using some Bitcoin, too, which is interesting that they're doing this. Well, I think that's what's going to happen is there's going to be this kind of natural process that allows people and countries to choose what financial system we're going to work under, which, you know, the central bank is an illusionary debt system in the debt's real, but it's an illusionary system. So the BRICS nations have really pulled away. So that's, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, uh, South Africa. And then there's, of course, all the the other ones, but they, um, they are a large, I mean, think about how much populations in those countries. Those are large countries. And they have said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to play over here in a different place. And you guys can stay over there. If you look at the situation, who's really suffering through all of this economically with what's going on? Well, it's the United States, actually it's North America and Europe. Because we're the ones that are really tied to the Western central bank system. In my opinion, all are getting ready to implode. And yeah, the uh, whole world is yeah. getting ready to transform. Yes, and I believe you that's don't. part of it. It's kind of like, you know, when you buy an old piece of property and it's got an old dilapidated cabin on it, and but it's on the perfect, like, site for, you know, the, the property of the view is just beautiful. Well, you have to go in there and tear down the old dilapidated cabin before you can build 
whatever structure you want all new and beautiful, you have to take it down. You have to fix everything. You have to get a good foundation. You have to do all this. And this is like the financial system. You cannot have that old financial system sitting there and have the new one at the same time. You've got to get rid of one in order for something else to move in. Well, it's been quite a journey for me to observe how the country is flipping from blue to red. Recently, Latina Republican Myra Flores flipped the southern Texas House seat in the region that hasn't gone GOP in a 100 years. Flores was born in Mexico and came to America legally with her father as a child. She's now married to a Border Patrol agent and is part of a new generation of conservative Latinos who are making a name for themselves in the Republican politics. Flores, who won the contest for the open seat house along the nation's southern border in the Rio Grande Valley, made history as the first Mexican-born congresswoman, and she is the first Republican to win in a heavily Hispanic district since it was created a decade ago. So it's interesting for me to watch how the Hispanics and the blacks are flipping to the Republican Party when the, you know, the Democrats just assume, oh, they're going to be ours. But no, we're watching that really change. Well, I would say, you know, why not? Right. Because if you look at it, if you look at the original party that was heavily racist, like Ku Klux Klan, et cetera, racist. That's the Democrat Party. And if you look at what they've done policy-wise, say the only there were only two pieces of legislation that Biden ever sponsored in his illustrious career before he became the pretendant. And uh, one of them was, ex it was extremely detrimental to black families. In fact, it just tore them apart. That was the three strikes you're out thing, which was ridiculous, especially in light of what we're seeing today, where we see you know, people that are doing absolutely horrible, horrific, egregious things, and they're, they're not even being prosecuted. And yet that three strikes you're out policy was uh, if you got caught smoking um, some weed, then, you know, you that was one strike and you could have three of those and be in, in prison for life. And so that, that really ripped apart the black culture. So I mean, it was a matter of time because I can go on and on with so many examples of that, but it hasn't been good for minorities with the Democratic Party. They're they're using them as pawns, and when they when the people figure out they're using as pawns, they turn and they turn massively, and I think that's what we're witnessing, which is very for sure, for sure. And also, I think it has to do with values because one thing Flores mentioned. Is, you know, they were asking her, well, why do you think that they voted for you? And she says, because I'm one of them and I'm standing up for our values, God, family and our community. That's who we are in South Texas. We're all about hard work. And I think this question about values is really a pivotal point. And, you know, you can see it with the parents who are getting upset getting so upset with the way that their children are being groomed in schools. I mean, what is that? The states are really in a tailspin around education priorities of our children. For example, in Maine, the Supreme Court struck down a Maine education program that provides tuition assistance for students to attend some private schools, 
but excludes schools that provide religious instruction. Luckily, SCOTUS says the exclusion of religious schools is unconstitutional. Yet here we have in New York, they're funding over $270,000 to bring in drag queens for the children's hour in elementary school. Can you imagine? I mean, why would you well, bring drag queens? I want to come back to that one. But before you do, you know, this whole thing about the funding. The thing is, is that Trump had wanted the money to follow the children. And I think that's correct. The money shouldn't be following the systems. The money should be following who, uh, where the child is going to school. This breeds a better school. It's, it's capitalism for school. In other words, the better schools get more people's, you know, um, tuitions, more students. And as far as this whole thing with the, uh, you know, not funding or, you know, going against SCOTUS, well, you know, we're seeing that all over. All over the place, we're seeing all of these. These cases where they've done something completely illegal, like mask mandates, or like, how about the lethal injection mandate, right? First right. of all, it's a mandate. They're, they're using corpocracy to enforce, you know, their little minions at the corporate level are enforcing their draconian measures because they can't get a law passed because, you know, that's a whole different system. So what they do is they play on people's ignorance. They figure they're stupid enough to go for it. And yes, indeed, they, they were. And then the other people have to go and do lawfare and fight this. And that's their whole thing is they set this up. So like all things, eventually the truth comes out. Eventually we will see justice eventually. But in the meantime, we're putting up with a lot of their BS. And sometimes it's, you know, deadly, literally, like with the jabs. My point is, is the school thing's no different with the tuition thing. It's absolutely unconstitutional. Many, many, many things going on right now are unconstitutional, but they have to have time to go through that court system and be proven that they are when we actually, all of us know that they are. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is again, the double standard, which we can get into, but yeah, back to your drag queen thing. When I was going to college, I went to an art school where basically if you were a man in that school, you weren't straight. Okay. So needless to say, I had a lot of, of gay male friends. I always did. I, I always had them in my life, but in, in college, I really did. And one of the things we did was there was a, a place that had the amateur uh, drag night on Sunday nights. And we would go there and it was great fun, but I was in college. I wasn't a little kid. I wasn't being groomed. But I will say that the whole the whole spectacle was actually, when I think about it, kind of disgusting. I mean, there were massive amounts of drugs, um, you know, and I'm, I'm no prude, believe me, but the, it was kind of gross, the lewdness and the just the just the in your face, um, in your face sexuality things. And, and to have this with kids, I saw a video this week. Uh, where they were having this drag queen show. And it's at one point, the drag queen, who was biologically male, still intact, squatted down on stage, spread his legs, and had his um, his junk hanging out for the kids right in their face. Oh now, my God. I, 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 you know, and, and they're, they're paying to do this, these school systems. That's how corrupt it is. I would, you know, I mean, first of all, if I, I've said this so many times, if I had children, I don't. But if I had children, I wouldn't have them anywhere where they could be getting exposed to any of this, including the drag queen stuff. But 
they have gotten so blatant. They've gotten so out in your face this whole gay pride month back, you know, in college, I actually was in the gay pride parade, not because I'm gay, but because I was supporting some friends. But now I would never be in one because it's just turned into this completely different thing. It's very political. And a lot of my friends that are uh, of different persuasions, you know, they're very upset by this because it, it's turned into this vaudeville spectacle. And mm. it's all, yeah, it's lewd, it's politicized, it's being used, they're being used. It's just not, it's such a small percentage and it's not, it's not reality. And really, you know, you got to ask, you know, what the F, right? About really? all of this, because uh, why do they have a month long pride celebration? I mean, does why not a month else? long for soldiers, for the vets? Yeah, yeah what, what about vets? What about all these other things that are going on? We have all these holidays, supposedly. They're one day, but this is for a month? Really? And it's yeah. just it's just out of control, just out of control. Now, I, you know, I have my ideas about why they're, all of these things are happening, but I can't prove it. Um, I think that there's another faction out there that's trying to wake people up and show them how bad, you know, how disgusting this is. But I could be wrong. I think it's very telling that I saw this podcast with a drag queen on it. And she was saying, she, he, <laughs> mm -hmm. was saying that they were really disapproving of it being for children. She described the kind of environment was, she said, it's heavy drugs, it's extremely lewd, it's crass mm -hmm. language. And, and this drag queen is saying, why would anyone want to expose their children to that? The, I mean, this that's is a great drag question. Queen himself saying this. Yeah, and, and you know, I've watched these films. Like there was the one where they um, actually it was it was here in the Bay Area where they, the this group of men went, and I I didn't think they handled it in the way that they should have. But the point is, is there was this drag queen story hour. I mean, what the hell? What since when do we need a drag queen reading stories? And think about the stories they're reading too. By the way, that's not all innocent either. Right. So anyway, they were in there with the parents, and these parents were just like out of their minds. I mean, they just couldn't reason or talk to them. And I thought, oh my God, what did it, you know, what has happened to these people's minds and why aren't they protecting their children from this kind of stuff? You know, right. and this why are they funding it with so much money? Well, and why well, don't but, they fund, but, but the, but the parents, the parents are not only agreeing to it, they're encouraging it. It's like, no, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong. You know, I mean, these, these parents, it's like, no, that was, I mean, I saw what was going on. And by the way, this particular drag queen had the most vile, and I mean vile, and it, it, I don't use that word lightly. In fact, the whole time, I don't think I've ever used that word on the on this show. But uh, this this was absolutely, my cat thinks so too. Um, <laughs> thinks so. Uh, <laughs> but, it, oh my, very vile. Um, <laughs> my. Uh, but anyway this video so these guys went in and they showed a video of this particular drag queen who had all this satanic stuff including horns and the whole thing i mean the whole nine yards and had this absolutely disgusting vulgar foul um super sexualized everything you don't want kids to be exposed to especially at that age i mean that age i never was thinking about any of this stuff I, you know what's going on you know but anyway, right. they showed they showed this to the parents that were dragging their kids to this. And the guy said, you know, this is 
this is child abuse. And it is, it is child abuse. I mean, to, to put kids through that. I think about when I was a kid, I was innocent and that's the way it should have been. You know, I, I, my head wasn't all turned around there because, you know, my hormones weren't surging and I was just a kid having a life of learning things like you do when you're a kid. And what happened? Where are these parents? I mean, what, why did they, why are they thinking this is a good idea? And I'm probably preaching to the choir here because, you know, I'm pretty sure our listeners aren't, aren't the parents that are doing that. <laughs> you know, well, let's hope not. <laughs> well, certainly everything is upside down. I mean, like, not only do we have that, but we have the government promoting violence. I mean, like, Here's this uh, group called Jane's Revenge, and they're distributing a flyer around D.C. calling for a night of rage hit the streets if the Roe versus Wade is overturned. And yet none of the law enforcement, no, none of the politicians are against it. They're just yeah. letting it be like it's OK. First of all, those ignoramuses. OK, let, let's be straight about this. It isn't overturning the Roe versus Wade. And, and don't say that because it is not that. What it is, is it's turning the ability to make the decision about abortions, turning it back to the individual states where it should have never left. Okay, There is no ruling other than saying that the states can decide what they want to do with this. It's not overturning. Yeah, that's how it should yeah. be. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the way our Constitution was, our forefathers. Since when are you going to get, let's say, Georgia and Vermont to ever agree on anything? This is why we have different states. If a state doesn't suit you, you can go to a different state, things like that, right? The states are not the same. They don't have the same laws. They, don't, they aren't all the same cookie cutter equal. And that's the way it was set up. And that's the way it should be. We don't have the same climates. We don't have the same uh, commerce. We don't have the same cultures. We don't have the same food. We don't have the same, you know, even weather. So why would we have everything else the same? We we wouldn't. And uh, so those kind of things that the the main things are covered by the Constitution. But to your point, Cynthia, which is which is quite valid, they're not only tolerating it; they're actually encouraging this violence. And if you compare it to anything else, is this again? I ask myself: Is this to show people the the incredible, the total difference in the way they're treated. I mean, let's look at the, the January 6th incident. And they're completely and utterly, they're prisoners without charges, without a speedy trial, without any kind of thing. And, you know, their lives are ruined. There's 18 months. And yet, you know, if you look at the Antifa riots, I had a meme up uh, that I put up on the Patrick Henry channel on Telegram. And it was it was a comparison and it's just it's just outrageous. And this is another example. So we can go and threaten Supreme Court justices, which there are absolutely there are laws against this. We can go do that. But, you know, we'll get arrested as domestic terrorists when we when we go to a school board meeting and, and say we don't agree with the narrative. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right. And what about the recent uh insurrection there in the Capitol by some Democrats. <laughs> and, yeah. and they were only kept one night and then they yeah. were let go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so look at the difference. The same exact thing, right? Uh, except that this is even worse because they're they're in and they're snooping around and going in and out of offices at in, like in, Watergate. The, middle of, in the middle of the night, right? Yeah. 
And this is, you know, uh, what Stephen Colbert's, uh, right. you know, nasty crew. And then we find out that the Democrats, a number of the Democrats, were involved in allowing this to happen. And in fact, uh, what was the word I'm looking three, for there? Three of the congressmen. Yeah, three congressmen. They let them in. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But hey, so when you open the doors and they unlock them, and those those doors, by the way, in the Capitol building, they have these enormous magnets, you know, that you cannot open. And they, they, they have to have a code and it's, it's remotely controlled. And it, actually, if you look at the films that they don't want you to see, all of that 14,000 hours of films that they refuse to release, if you look at some of those that have been released, well, the one guy's looking up, and he's he's given the signal to open the doors so that you can let people in so that then they can, you know, be, uh, you know, listed as insurrectionists. And by the way, again, you know, let's look up the definition of what an insurrection is because January 6th is not an insurrection. However, November 3rd is, right? So mm-hmm. January 6th was to cover up November 3rd. By the way, do you know I love my tinfoil hat? Cynthia and I have had this discussion. I think, you know, we should be looking out for some of those other uh, laptops out there because on that day, on January 6th, it was said that there were 17 laptops taken out of the Capitol building that day, and we haven't heard hide nor hair, and I don't think those laptops just went away. And Nancy Pelosi had, that was one of the laptops that disappeared was hers. So I don't think it's going to end of this. Yeah, he had, she had a complete meltdown, of course, because I think the whole plan and everything else is all on that laptop. And that laptop's just sitting back there idling until the perfect moment to pull it out. And it, it looks like uh, uh, Arizona may decertify. And I will tell you, I believe that once one state decertifies, it's going to be a huge domino, just boom, boom, boom. Because there's a lot of, you know, most of these states have now gotten to the point they absolutely know, proven that, you know, this is a completely fraudulent election. And also the other thing is the public sentiment. It's, it's so turned against Biden because he's a pretendency. They staged a coup and now they're, you know, dragging the country down into hell. And uh, here's what we have. So people, even if they were, you know, even if they thought he was a good guy, somehow they were misled into that idea. Well, you know, they turned around. It's like it's pretty obvious he's not a good guy, and he doesn't have any of our best interests at heart. Not a single not citizen. All. Not at all. Well, guess what? We are at the end of the show. I can't believe it. So, Timothy, you want to take us out? Despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, artists, activists, healers, and innovators who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from your mainstream and social media propaganda, to make your own independent research and stop acquiescing, and to stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Remember, you were born with power and you wake up each day with power. It is entirely up to you how you choose to retain or give it away. You've been listening to another broadcast of The Other Side of the News. This 104th edition is entitled Countdown from the 70s and remains available at www.theothersideofthenews.com. My name is Timothy Saunders, and together with Kintia and Anessa Driscoll, offer special thanks to our guest, Clay Clark, 
our listeners, contributors, and our sound engineer, Keith Morgan. We wish you all a very positive week and look forward to reconnecting with you next Friday. Good night. <laughs>